Coffee black first thing in the morning. Cup of tea, usually gets him going. Then he puts on his boots and cranks up at old 79. Well, the man says there's a storm morning, but he pulls down his hat and keeps his wheels on rolling, chasing the dreams of a back forty kind of life. His claim to fame is a last name on a dead end county road sign. He's got callous tans and a callous tar, and that suits him just fine. Making it day to day, working his life away, trying to find a little peace of mind. Whoa, but that's his Welcome back to Bars and the Beard. Uh, you got the beard in here again. Bars are just lazy. I don't know what he's doing. He said he was at the shooting range a little bit ago, but it's probably a lie. Probably. I, I think it is. But anyway, uh, let me address the uh, issues from the last podcast. Evidently, it was some uh, some sound quality issues. Hey, man, I'm by myself. I can't even check myself. Tony would normally be able to tell me on the other end. He can't hear me, but it is what it is. So we're going to try to correct that this time. I don't know. Turn it up. If you want to hear it, turn it up. Shoot. I don't know. Um, going to do part two of the, the bond referendum. Uh, first one was pretty much for information. I would say more swaying towards the nose. Um, again, I'm, I'm not trying to push anybody one way or the other, but I do want the information to be out there uh, as, a, as a voting resident. Uh, with kids in uh, three kids in uh, Clover Schools, um, being a resident, paying taxes, I just think it's fair to I think it's fair for everybody to know uh, what, where the money's going and what we're what we're doing. Um, so I appreciate Lisa being on the other day. Um, got a guest today uh, that's going to be coming from uh, the other side. Uh, uh, his name's Jeff De- Jeff Debisky. Uh, I'll get him on here in a minute. Um, Jeff's been in Clover for 12 years, super involved in the schools. He brought his uh, move to Clover 12 years ago with his family, a little small business. Um, in 2009, uh, his daughter went to Griggs Elementary. That was the first That's the first one that started. Uh, started in second grade at Griggs, actually. Uh, he co-chaired the School Improvement Committee, working on uh, the 2014 bond campaign. Uh, and he's also volunteered for various school events. Um, volunteered in a lot of the different school systems for, for junior achievement. Board member with the Center for Economic Growth. School and Workforce Readiness Committee and was a trustee with Make-A-Wish. Um, he's got a daughter now in her sophomore year at Anderson University in South Carolina. Uh, he's spending time working in the community uh, through his church, through the school district, and in the business community. Um, his day job for almost 30 years has been as a workforce advisor with companies like GE, EY, Motorola, and Wells Fargo. Helps companies recruit and retain their workforce. Uh, gives them a unique perspective on what colleges, vocational schools, and companies desire from the students, um, which will will come into play, you know, when I when I talk about what uh, what I think our schools need to do to, uh, or what I think the role of the schools are in in, in preparing our. Uh, uh, kids and youth in, into the workplace. So w- let's go ahead and get him on. 
uh, I'm curious to, to know what he's got to say. So um, we'll see. Hi, this is Jeff. Mr. Jeff Dubisky, how you doing? Did I, am I pronouncing that right? You are indeed. Good evening, Brad. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Doing good. I already get uh, kind of introduced to people, uh, introduced you to the people um, with a little bio, but uh, I want to kind of get right in it. Um, I know a lot of people have still have questions. Uh, the, the, the podcast the other day, um, that's one side of it, right? Uh, I wanted it to be fair uh, and kind of go from both sides. Um, I'm not the one that's going to sit here and say that everything that was said the other day was accurate, but it, it did, you know, uh, kind of make me question a lot of things and, and actually gave me even more questions that I kind of won't answer just so I can make a, a, a good conscious vote, just like any other parent or, or taxpayer in, uh, you know, the Clover School District. So how are you doing today, man? You doing okay? understand. I am. I am. And, and thank you for this opportunity. And I appreciate the balanced approach, uh, Look, let's face it, uh, good debate, good idea sharing, um, doing it in a very sort of graceful and, and patient way with each other. It, it just makes us a better community and, and better informed. And so I do really appreciate the opportunity to to share some information on from our side of the story and maybe even set some of the record straight uh, yeah. and go from there. Look, I, I'll be honest. I, you know, I'm not going to be biased. There's a lot of issues I'm biased on, and this just ain't one of them. I think this is important, and it's kind of too important to even be biased. I think everybody needs to keep an open mind. And uh, – kind of see you know number one are we going to put certain needs to the back burner to uh you know our personal needs to the back burner is you know in the big picture of it or you know what mountain i guess you want to down you know uh which which way that you want to you want to vote and you're just gonna i just want everybody to have an open mind uh nope, so, it's fabulous. so with that uh kind of give me uh your perspective uh on where do you see I'll tell you. I'll tell you after you talk. But like, where do you see the the most important thing coming from this uh, school bond referendum? The sure, sure. And, and and maybe let me let me give you a quick moment, kind of of my point of view of where I'm coming from, sure. because it actually kind of Please. straddles, I think, a a good representation of a number of people uh, that are in the community today. So we moved to Clover 12 years ago, brought a small business with us and my family in tow uh, for exactly what so many people are coming to Clover for better weather, absent the rainstorm we're in the middle of right, right now, right. Uh, you know, better uh, schools, uh, the values and the hospitality that, that Clover and South Carolina offered. And those are familiar sort of threads for everybody. And, you know, when we got here, my daughter went right into Greg's uh, elementary school in second grade. Uh, she went to OMS, which wasn't even built, by the way, when we got here. Neither was the Walmart. And if you look at everything that's, that's really built up so quickly, uh, she went to Clover High. She's a Coralier. She was in FCA, just really flourished in this school environment that attracted us here. And so I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about what this school system did for my daughter, who now is a, a sophomore at Anderson University right down the road in, in Anderson, South Carolina, uh, and, and just the opportunities that it brings, not only for her, but, you know, bragging on this district for a little bit, you know, 92% graduation rate, we got 82% of kids ready testing into college readiness, but we have so many tracks, we, we have the biggest ROTC program in the southeast, uh, kids of a calling not just of a career, but a calling. Uh, we have the uh, the Applied Technology Center with with 22 programs that are ready for, for our students to just jump right into work. 
ready to go and or into vocational and college. Um, of course, we all know about the choral leaders mm-hmm. and the various clubs that we have, our band, our color guard, and then, of course, our sports. And, and you know, the girls basketball team just won the championship in the 2021 year. So it, it's, it's a wonderful to see. It's wonderful to brag on. And so, you know, I my daughter's out, but someone paid generations before her for the facilities and the infrastructure that was here. And what I'm paying for is going to be potentially for her, my future grandkids and generations and on. And so what I want to see for our students today and in the future is a a school system that leans into them, that has time for them, develops them and makes them successful. And part of that is in fact, not only the buildings in which they, they are working in and the technology that they interact with, but this community that really is so supportive. And so, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there and say, when we, when we look at both sides of the debate, my, my CEO likes to say, assume positive intent. And I really do try to in this debate. Uh, we want to hear different sides of the story and we want to have an open dialogue. And, and I think quite honestly, it falls into five categories if you kind of want to think about how to structure our time. You know, what is the true need and where are we at? Um, a great piece that has come forward in the past couple of weeks is the discussion around capacity versus utilization. Right. Um, great debate around timing, not only of the bond or successive bonds, as maybe has been suggested, but also of putting that stick in the ground to begin building. And then, of course, lastly, sort of the taxes and, and the funding options. And um, and again, we're we're here to make sure that we have that open dialogue and debate, that we answer questions for anybody that wants to engage with us. Uh, We've unfortunately been shut out on a number of social media sites. We've been blocked from saw, having that conversation. That. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, but but we're happy, really, as long as things are no one's calling names or using vulgar language. We want people to come to our site and talk with us. So those are, those are some of the areas, and I'm happy to dug, dig right into them. Yeah, good. I mean, because look, I'll be honest with you. I'd be lying if I said that one of the one of the things that brought us to Clover, my family, my wife and I, and the kids was. I mean, it was the schools. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a firm believer in public education. Okay, now this mm-hmm. is not speaking you know against charter schools or anything like that, but I, I do believe you know like my father always told me you know as long as you got the tools to succeed, there's no excuse for you not to succeed. And I feel <laughs> like I mean honestly you know and and I'm I just I'm a firm believer. Uh, I can't say that I'm not biased because you know I think that we have probably one of the best superintendents in the state of South Carolina, um, and. You know, it starts with the leadership down. Um, I love the teachers. My daughter, like I said uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday, she's a teacher now in Clover. She's super happy. She's super pumped about, you know, being in the school district. And and I love Mm -hmm. I love how things have been been done since my kids have been there. I mean, I'm super, super pleased. But, you know, you. When you, when you have a school district like that where people want to kind of move into, you know, no different than what you see in, in Fort Mill, um, there's going to be there's going to be a need for growth. Right. And, um, you know, so when we start talking about growth, you know, what what is the capacity now? You know, where, right. where are we right. at as far as capacity uh, in in the need for for what, you know, we want to do with this the school bond referendum? Yeah, and, and again, it's a great question, and I think that the the that Dr. Quinn and the board have done a really good job of at least laying the the factual uh, the the foundation of the data, school by school, location by location, really showing that in the last ten year projection, and actually ten years before that, you know, we have really good outside experts that that are giving this indication of what 
is going to happen based on our current growth and even some hyper growth that we've experienced over the past five years. And so we know that, for example, already Oak Ridge Middle, uh, one of the newest schools, as well as Oak Ridge Elementary are, are either at capacity or about to. And, and I know we'll get into capacity versus utilization, but let me stay on what the, the, the data will show you is that capacity in terms of number of seats and program capacity is, is, is pretty full. And that's becoming a pinch point. We also know that that Crowder's, for example, Kynard, for example, uh, even little old Bethany is 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 out of space, right? And so, how do we create good fiscal responsibility around either add-ons or builds, and do that in a way that's long-term and short-term uh, feasible, but not wasteful? Right. And so, when I think about the 2014 campaign that I was here for as well, lots of contention there, mostly from residents from sort of Bethel School Road to the lake that were saying, hey, we need a high school over here. And, and what the, the, the board did very intentionally in their recommendations was if we change Clover Middle into a ninth grade academy and relieve the pressure from the high school and then build another middle school on the other end of the district, that saves us about seven to 10 years. Well, fast forward from 20 to 14 to, to, to today, and guess what? We're exactly where we need to be now. So if we reabsorb those ninth graders into the high school, we, we we're really pushing beyond capacity. But what people are, are forgetting is that by, re, by converting ninth grade back to a middle school, that saves the taxpayers $50 million. It is, it is an mm. intentional a uh, sequence of events, almost like moving pieces on a chessboard that have allowed better use of space and assets that the, the district already has. And now the pinch point, which we know is up and coming, is elementary school number eight. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a middle school, which again, we don't have to build. It's a couple million to renovate, but it's not 50 million to build. Right. And now we know, of course, if you need more elementaries and you need more middle, guess what? As those core cohorts move up, kids move into graduation into high school, we need another high school. So that's really been, I think, the the, the intentional moves that the district has decided to, to move forward with. $50 million, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a, you know, and I was curious when I came here as to why they did the whole ninth grade academy, but it makes, now that you, you, I guess I just didn't dive too much into that question. I just went with it. But now that you, you mentioned it, I mean, that, that's not a, that was not a, that was a pretty smart idea. It, it, it was a, a very good relief valve for sure. Uh, but again, I, and, and I love the open debate because uh, sometimes I get so passionate about a particular area, you know, I'm going to dig right in and I'm going to keep right. delivering that message. And, and we had a, at a town hall uh, not too long ago, the issue or the question was around capacity versus utilization. And, and, and it, it's a great conversation. Uh, you know what? I, I, in my entire professional career, have worked with organizations like, like a Motorola and a GE others that have adopted heavily uh, Six Sigma and lean processing and really taking a look at how do you optimize things. Right. Um, but there's there's the theory, and then there's the practical application and implementation of that. And yeah. so if you kind of dig through that and unpack that idea, uh, again, not a bad one to think about. You just can't, however, overlay a simple, we've got space in the classroom, put more kids in there. Right. And, 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 and because there's unintended consequences around that optimization, and, and I'll go through maybe a couple of those if I may. Sure. Um, number one, that 
um, if you just put more kids into that space, we, we, we need the additional infrastructure. We need everything from parking spaces to gymnasiums to where are they going during you know other other periods of time that are extra kids. Number one, number two, uh, class size. Uh, people are drawn to the Clover School District because of lower class size. And if we're going to impact that sort of instructional support and the individual student success, I'm not really sure we're willing. Several people, at least, right, are willing to give up on the success of our students to try to quote unquote optimize the utilization of square footage. Right. Um, our teacher now during their planning periods, th this isn't where you go off to a, a, a teacher lounge with a cup of coffee and a pen and paper and do some planning. We're tech enabled hell. And we have teachers using the Promethean boards, making sure that things are working or setting up labs or doing things that are tactile in nature or immersive in nature in their classrooms. And you want to make sure those work, not to mention, we do have kids that know where their teachers are during those planning periods. So if they need some help and they happen to have a study hall or, or have to, actually can get a pass for that extra 10 or 15 minutes, they know where to find their teacher and they know how to go there and get that done. And, and again, I get the, the overall use of capacity and utilization. I just think we have to look at the wider impact of what happens if we give that up. And, I, and, and I'll liken it simply to this because I think we all live and feel this every day. Uh, the growth in Lake Wiley and actually in, in, in the Clover School District has been tremendous. Right. We have allowed building of homes, uh, condos, townhouses, and apartments to go at a tremendous pace. And yet, and we feel this, we don't have a bridge big enough. We don't have enough lanes for traffic. We don't have, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing capacity on water and sewer, et cetera. Those are things that unintentionally come along with just deciding I'm going to maximize what sits in front of me. Well, and you could see that just in how school started this year. You know, I mean, what do you have? A, 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 I think a thousand kids that weren't even registered to, to be on the school bus that uh, yes. kind of threw everything out. I mean, traffic in general, uh, was just out of control. So when I look at just just a small point, when I look at adding that that other high school, I'm looking at you know from a selfish standpoint, man, does that mean I'm not going to have to sit in line for an hour and a half to pick up or <laughs> drop my kid off from school? You know, and I think that's gonna I think that that will alleviate a little bit of that. Um, it will. On top of all of that, uh, when they look at the the number, right that the that the bond referendum is calling for, um, I think people. Number one, I don't want them to get lost in the fact that or just thinking that it's just the high school. You know what I mean? There's there's right. it's not just those buildings. There's a You're lot right. of other things that are included that, that I've done some research on. You're talking about the IT building. To me, I mean, the way that things are now with computers and everything, I, I love the idea of the IT building. I really do. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that. So what else? What else is the bond included in or what is included in the bond as far as what that money is going to bring? I'm glad you asked that, and I and I want to point out one incredibly important thing to note when I give you the list of what's included in the bond referendum, is that as this goes to vote, and and should it pass, that the funds up to 197 million, and we'll go back to that statement, up to 197 million dollars, um, will go for a, a a set of projects, and only those projects can be funded. See, in in South Carolina. The money that comes out of the taxpayers from the state is only operational expense, salaries and how you run the schools. They give us no money for buildings, and actually they only allocate a small portion for buses. We actually have to come up with funding for buses as well because, yeah. again, that what they're saying is, hey, if your area is growing 
you need to do some building, you need to, to, to create the appropriate levies against the, or on the people that are there. But what's included? Great question. So elementary school number eight proposed to open in the 24-25 school year. It's middle school number three, which is just a reversion of the old middle school into a ninth grade academy and back to a middle school high uh, for the 25-26 year. High school number two for the 25-26 year. And concurrently in the midst of that, obviously we would need to do some small upfits and updating to Clover High School. It's a 50 year old building. There's a few things that need to be done there. There is a Beth Bethany upfit. Uh, they are literally bursting, but they have no science labs and they need a couple of classrooms. Along with that, and again, going back to capacity and utilization, they actually do several rotations for the kids starting at 10 a.m. for lunch because the cafeteria isn't large enough to support all the kids. So an upfit that expands the cafeteria puts in four classrooms and a multi-use um, science lab. So that's what's on there. Of course, the tech center, as you mentioned, uh, we do have right now, or, and I say we, the school district, the taxpayers, and they are our assets, um, is a warehouse building where all of our tech is housed. It's not air conditioned. It's not set for, for really long-term use. And the worry is that spending money into that facility uh, as typically required, once you open up walls, you have to bring everything up to code and no one knows really yeah. what's there. Um, and we are out of space. We're out of space for special ed programs. And a lot of the, the things that, that are accretive in value to the students and our community, which that much needed office space would also be added to that innovation and technology center. Uh, and then, of course, all of that, all those new buildings, they need everything from furnitures and fixtures straight up to more interactive boards, more one-to-one -one devices, the things that, again, are making our, our children successful for their journey to vocation, to uh, college, or directly into uh, the community for, for the workforce. And so that, that's what in, what's included in the bond. All right. So now I want to I wanna change. I don't want to. I'm not going to say I'm going to change courses, but I want to get to the brass tacks because sure. I think the biggest concern from uh, a couple parents I talked to today, a couple dads, um, is what's the truth about the taxes? Um, sure. You know, we're talking about 30, 30%. That was on uh, one of the flyers uh, mm -hmm. that was going around. Um, mm -hmm. Are we talking 30% on everything are we talking 30 percent on your boat are we talking 30 percent you know over such and such years like what right what are we talking about as far as what we're going to pay as a taxpayer yeah thank you and and and, and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna do a couple things be thorough, um, be thorough as you want like just talk about good. however you want that's great. And, and, and you mentioned over time, how does it go? And so I, I think timing, right, the timing of the bond and the timing of the building all have to be uh, linked. You can't talk about one without the other. So, so let's talk briefly about the timing of how to build this out in the sequencing. Uh, I've, I've heard from some people, why are we rushing? Uh, we're really not rushing. So, so again, if I go back to the 2014 campaign, there were plenty of discussion, there was plenty of discussion that a high school would be needed and that that need would, need would arise somewhere between seven to 10 years. Well, again, here we are and we know that need is here. Um, and so lots of proactive work has been going on. Uh, anybody that, that knows architectural and engineering or, or works in the construction trades knows that it takes a while to put up a building like this. Uh, the, the, the baseline that they tend to work with is 56 to 60 months. Now that's, that's not to build, but 
it's site selection, it's site preparation and approvals. It's uh, do you have uh, uh, appropriate access by way of roads and improvements, utility access? Do you have approvals from um, uh, here, the Department of National Resources for watershed? Uh, are, are there some, some trees that you can't cut down? Are there endangered species that would be impacted? You know, when you think about right. all the stuff that goes into that, that's a lengthy process. And that is one actually, because the vision of the of the board 10 years ago to buy that property out, that 178 acres out of Dobler, um, allowed that there already is a lot of that done. And some of that preparatory work is already done. So do we need 56 to 60 months? No, we don't. But what we also need is we needed uh, all the vision sessions, the forums, the feedback sessions that went on in November, December, January, February, March to get to a, a referendum that was posed for the board. And then, of course, the vote, which then needs to be certified, and then you have to take it out to market to sell. And, and we'll talk about the fact that you know people want a guarantee on what the rate is and what the costs are. We, we no one can guarantee that till the bond is sold. Right. But that takes time. And then, of course, you have to then start to actually do your build. And so, you know, when we take a look at fifty to sixty months, and we've maybe burned a good year or or so into that, we still need that three to four year runway to get there. And, and as I mentioned, you know, elementary school number eight is 24-25, middle school three and high school three is for 25-26. So can you ask specifically then about what's it going to cost? And I have heard an awful lot lately. You're right. Um, uh, there's a discussion point that, you know, started in the focus groups, which was 10 bucks a month. Well, we didn't tell everybody that everyone was going to cost 10 bucks a month. What we gave was a very easy rule of thumb. $10 per month or $120 a year per $100,000 of your home. Hence, if you have a $100,000 home, which there are an awful lot of homes in the Clover area, in the Clover district that are that are at 100 grand, that's $120. If your home is 200,000 in value or some fraction thereof, then it's 240. 300,000 360. So it was always told as an increment, something easy to calculate, right. but it isn't that easy, unfortunately. And you asked, so what's it on? Well, I saw two things floating around. Your taxes are going to double. Great headline to get people to click into a little misleading. And I also saw 140% increase or somewhere thereabouts. Again, maybe a little misleading. What it comes down to is this. If you take a look at your York County property tax bill, which is prim primarily your biggest, and as you mentioned, other property, boats, cars, things like that, that's going to have their own bills. But if you look at that bill specifically, you have three line items and then a breakdown. You have taxable value, which is what they believe your home is worth. But then you have an assessment ratio. That's the 4% that we've been talking about. So the assessed value is going to be the 4% of an owner-occupied home times your value. And at that point, you come up with your assessed value. So that's part one. If your home is worth 300000 or a taxable value of 300000 4% of that's $12,000. Then what you do, and everyone's heard this, and it's a lot of garbly goop I'm, for some and for others, it's just kind of numbers, is the millage. And so if you look into the description of your actual tax bill, depending on how yours is layered, the, the first, the top two are school operations. That's operational expense. That's not what we're talking about. The second line item or somewhere in there is school debt service. And if you, you kind of draw a line over there, that is at the 0.0187 or the 18.7 mills that we've all talked about. So you multiply your 12,000 by that millage and that's your current tax bill. 
So where are we headed? That millage will step up over three years. It's going to go from, from 18 uh, to 24 to 48 to roughly that 51 to 54. That's, that's roughly the forecast. And why I say roughly, and, 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 and you can paint a lot of different pictures with numbers, is this is, this is a, a wide calculation right now. And the reason it's a wide calculation is, number one, as I mentioned, your, your tax property bill is not going to double. It's going to be an impact on that school debt service, number one. Number two, if you take a look at uh, that particular piece um, of the change in the millage and the step-through, several people will have other exemptions. If you look at the right side of your bill, whether you have a school tax credit, you have a homestead exemption, you have a certain abatement. So for us to say there's an exact number for everyone, unfortunately, there isn't. But what has been interesting, and again, that open debate has been so good, is that I think a lot of people that mentioned doubling of your taxes or 140% change, most everyone has somewhat settled in on agreeing it's about 26 to 32%. Now, is that a small amount? Not by any means. And I don't mean to dismiss any increase in taxes being small. But that's roughly what it is. And what I would simply say, and I think all sides of the argument are in agreement of this, is call York County Assessors. They actually have a, a calculator on the website, but you can also call and you can find out exactly what those millage steps will be for you. And the nice thing is at that point, you haven't validated it from a vote yes, you haven't validated it from a vote no, you haven't validated it from what the school board is saying, you're validated by quite honestly the people that are gonna issue your bill. Right. And so I honestly believe that is the best way to do it but i'm breaking that down for you maybe a little bit too granular but if if people are listening to this and pull their tax bill they'll be able to walk that through and then when they call the county assessors they'll get a good chance to look at that and again same type of millage impact on your other property yeah and i, I mean that's really been the biggest question anybody that i've talked to in the past several days it's been you know i don't want my taxes to go up now let's be realistic here this is just me talking whether sure. we do the, the, the bond referendum now or whether we do it in two years, well, two things I want to mention. Your taxes are going to go up, and I, and I think that that's the cost you pay for an education. That's the cost that I'm willing to pay. Uh, I mean, I'm not talking about a lot, but, you know, I still, you know, I'm willing to, to give a little bit to get a lot back mm -hmm. um, because I'm investing in my children, right? We should all invest in our children because I think that's just going to benefit society as a whole. Um, another question that came up was, you know, the cost of materials is so high now. <laughs> True or false? If, let's say, you know, we're already saying that the cost of materials is coming down. If we pass this bond referendum right now, we're not buying material right now. We're not. Correct? You're right. So, You're right. So just You're right. because – just because we, we pass the bond referendum and we get the money, because I'm assuming it's just like a construction loan, correct? Like if I was going to it do is. it, it's, I'm going to take draws at certain points during the construction. Correct. Um, just because we do it does not mean that we get locked into what the price of materials are now, correct? That is absolutely correct. And there's a couple other sort of dials or switches in that formula that are very important for people to understand. Again, time is of the essence, not rushing. But we do have near historic lows in the bond market, number one. Number two, we are a highly rated financially secure district, which means we also get premium rates when we take our bonds to market. And so if we can lock in very low rates and then leverage all these builds, 
as the declining price of materials uh, uh, continues over the next couple of years, right? Because again, we're not going to go and build all of these projects at once. They'll be stepped in for the right time to open the doors. Then what we've done is we've the the taxpayers have basically written a float of up to 107 million, but you're not pulling that all at once and beginning your your interest payments. Number one, number two, you're being incredibly intentional about. Are we doing the best we can today based on the dollars per square foot or based on a technology buy or whatever it is? And there is already a calculation in place, and this has been shared at the town halls, where in the midst of that, we do have a chance to also look at some refinancing of some of the previous bond debt, which by some calculations are already saying could save up to $2 million in debt service per year. And so that's pretty tremendous when you think about again, the impact to the millage and how we as the taxpayers are helping to float that. And I'll go to one other thing, or actually maybe two, which is you said we want to invest in our kids and we do. And and, and look, whether you're, you have kids or you don't, now again, I, I have a child, she's already out of the school system, but I, I believe in this school district tremendously. I'm passionate about it. And I, I, I believe that this is a good investment. It's also a good investment because my property value in 12 years has gone up. And, and as I look at my time horizon and, and where I may be as a retiree, this is part of my overall long-term investment strategy as I most agree. people are I when agree. they when they buy a home. <laughs> and, and so that's incredibly important to think about as well. And, and I would say lastly along that track is, is look, we are a we are a tremendous society here, and, and we get a chance to debate these things, and we get a chance to go and pull a lever, and we deal with whatever happens. Um, and that's true for everything. We we have young and healthy people that are paying into social security payments and paying for healthcare costs that other people consume, and eventually we will. And we have folks that are retired or don't have kids that are also helping to pay this end of that spectrum and so you know we are unified in that in terms of lifting this community up right i, I i'm super proud when people ask me where my kids go to tell them that they go yes. to public schools I, I really am and i want to continue to do that um at the same time be mindful of the taxes that i'm paying um but i i don't know i think that i knew when we moved here that we were going to need another high school I mean, even if you just look at the traffic, I think there's, I've talked to a couple of elementary schools, teachers, a couple of elementary school teachers, not my daughter. Let me go ahead and uh, get, get her <laughs> off the hook on that. But, you know, they're, they're kind of overcrowded. You're talking about 22 kids in some classrooms, which to me, I think is super high. Like I wasn't, I wasn't sure. that way when I was a kid. Um, True. But I think the biggest concern for many of the parents has been, been the taxes. Uh, and there's a, you know, I don't know. I, don't know. I think that's just, that's the biggest concern. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, one of the things, too, and, and hopefully a lot of your listeners have maybe gone to one of the six or seven town halls that have happened lately, uh, whether they want to go to the school district site or our, our Vote Yes CSD site, uh, the presentation is there. Uh, we're even trying to live stream as best we can um, uh, the events as well. Uh, so, again, whether you're with us or not, we're, we're trying to be a vehicle for information. Uh, but, you know, honestly, one of the things that, that has kept us so well in financial stability and good fiscal stewardship from from our our uh, superintendent our board over the past actually two superintendents um is that uh, they don't borrow against that that eight percent limit every year so you know you've got fort mill you've got uh, uh rock hill you got all these places that are already at 
57, 58 mils, whatever it is. And then they constantly tap into the allowable 8%. Whereas, you know, this, this board, this superintendent takes whatever operational funding at the end of the year. And, and she's been very clear about this in the presentation. That's taxpayer money. It moves into a building fund. And so that building fund helps to repair, as it did two years ago, the HVAC system that broke at the high school. We didn't have to come out and borrow 8% and, and lay that additional burden on top of the taxpayers because of reckless spending of what was left before the year ended. They, they, they put that into a hold account. Uh, a PA system was fixed. Security was updated. All those things. Good fiscal stewardship. And so when you think about, again, all the mechanics and we haven't even talked about impact fees, and I know that that's a little politically charged, but you know this school district asked, as Fort Mill and others, Rock Hill have asked, about impact fees going back to 2018. And the other, other districts were granted their impact fees. And you know a lot of people are saying, well, what about the growth in the area? Shouldn't we have some other proportionate impact on those individuals? And I went to those meetings, and granted, not everybody's moving here. Um, adding new families. Some people are moving and building when they were already here. And I, I get that. But in, in totality, you know, the impact fees lend a tremendous offset to the taxpayers that are currently here. And it took several years for the county council uh, to pass that on behalf of the district. And instead of the 14,000 requested, it was only four. Um, we missed out on millions and millions of dollars that could already have been in that sort of bucket of money from the impact fees, from the actual people consuming the, you know, the builds to help offset this. And so, you know, I think that when we talk about what the board's doing, what the superintendent's doing, we have to look to our county council to say, are we doing smart growth? Because impact fees didn't slow those folks down, right? right. Uh, they may it, it may have slowed a little bit, but it didn't kill anything because they, they, they still continue to grow. Um, but it helped offset the building that was necessary. And so we, we need to also lean into our county council folks. Uh, we need to be actively engaged in those discussions because again, utilization, quote unquote, and capacity, uh, we wind up with what we've got in the district now, which is choked um, uh, roadways um, and, and infrastructure that needs to be upgraded. Uh, yeah, let me, I want to talk to, uh, that's a good point as far as the impact fee, because the impact fee, that goes immediately, right? That's That has to be spent immediately, correct? Uh, yeah, so great question. So there's, there's two parts to that. So uh, once we filed, um, uh, once we filed again, I keep seeing we, and I, I, I want to be understanding that I'm so passionate about it. We, uh, the school district filed, we as taxpayers or as the builders, we began paying into that. And there's about, um, I don't know what the number is now as of the end of August, heading into July, it was close to three quarters of a million dollars. And again, remember that missed several thousand homes and that was only at 4,000, not 14,000. But that does have to be spent within three years. So as you mentioned, the hundred up to $197 million, you're really taking a look at uh, uh, at the construction loan step-throughs that you're taking a look at. At some point, you apply all that, which, which reduces the millage that taxpayers are going to have to pay going forward. That's part one. Yeah. Part two is $39 million that has already been saved of taxpayer dollars is being immediately applied to bring this down as well, to bridge things and get those going. And then, of course whatever transpires in the in the additional round of uh, impact fees will go forward but 
you do have to reapply. So you have to, uh, it isn't an ongoing thing. You have to bring forward your, your assessments, your impacts, and your, your sort of story and request back to the county council for reevaluation. So, so yes, you want to get that money spent, spent for exactly what it's meant to do, and then reapply. Um, now, let me, let me get on a little self, selfish little, uh, little tangent. Here's, here's where I, I don't want people, I want people to think about uh, this, you know, the way that I look at it as far as bringing in another high school and another middle school as far as being excited. I remember when we moved to Clover, um, it was kind of daunting, especially having kids in sports. Uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, him, my son, you know, playing baseball or wanting to play baseball, he doesn't play anymore. Um, he, sure. he just likes to work. But, um, <laughs> you know, when you have one high school, the opportunity to be involved in football, to be involved in mm-hmm. basketball, to be on a baseball team, when you're pulling from two middle schools, it's kind of small. Uh because you have all these kids. I mean, it's, you, there's only one high school. Now, mm-hmm. bring in another high school. Now you have some of these kids that have wanted to play that have never had the opportunity because it's slim pickings as who's going to make these teams. Now you're looking at other kids having the opportunity that normally wouldn't. They have an opportunity to play basketball. They have an opportunity to play baseball. Yes. Because, I mean, the talent in ba- – and I'm thinking specifically baseball because, I mean, when I moved from, from Rock Hill to Clover, it was like, man, this baseball team, man, they, these kids are, you know, both middle schools at the time when my son was there, they were top notch. And then mm-hmm. you're thinking, man, now I'm going to go try out for the, the high school team. And it's like, man, now you got Oak Ridge and you got Clover Middle. I mean, good luck. You know, these kids are, are ball players. Now you're, you're opening an opportunity for kids that normally have never started, have never even played, have never even – you know, now, man, I might be able to go play for this other high school. And it just opens up opportunity for all these other kids, whether it be, you know, like imagine having another type Corlears, you know? Yes. I'm, I'm yeah, super pumped it, about that. It, it, it's a great, great point. And I think Dr. Quinn has a couple of times in the town hall mentioned that, again, since our growth is going, the the, the, the split of the high school – um, while taking a look at what conferences and who they play, you know, will only be a very short stint before um, uh, before that changes. But you're right. Uh, uh, the co- competition to get into some of these programs is brutal. Uh, yeah. I, I mentioned I mentioned my daughter uh, was a Clover Coralier. Uh, Mr. Forrest has built a, a we know a a, oh, a, a multi-state champion, yeah, nationally recognized, phenomenal program. But when you make it, you still have to try out again the next year and you might not make it. And so you're right. The the, the unifying factor that, that has been stated, and I love this, is that the Coraliers will be a district program, right? So it'll be shared right. um, across both high schools and the ATC. Uh, you know, you can't unfortunately replicate uh, that, that 16 to 22 programs um, across both schools. And justify that at this point, um, but that will unify the district as well, and, and that's wonderful. But you're right; the other programs, uh, uh, the sports programs, will give a lot more people opportunity to play. Um, you know, I, I came from a town that had multiple high schools, multiple team rivalries, bringing everybody together, and and so in this case, it'll be very, very interesting to see. 
that happen here and, and things that unify us uh, and the things that drive competitiveness as well. Yeah, I can't wait for the rivalry. I remember when we brought that, <laughs> that third high school. I mean, what, however it is, you know, whatever the school, and I mean, I, I just can't wait for it. I remember one of the biggest things about it being in Rock Hill was that Rock Hill Northwestern, you know, and that rivalry. And then South Point came, of course, and I think it kind of, you know, kind of watered it down a little bit. But we, don't, we only have one. Just one school, you know, so imagine having a local crosstown rival. I think it's just sure. going to be good for everybody as long yeah. as as long as everybody's okay and understands, you know, what they're going to be paying. And, again, I mean, it's not like we're trying to finance, like, cool, you know, golf carts for the kids to drive. This We're, we're financing right. education, you know, and, and I'm willing to I'm willing to pay a little bit for that. Yeah, and 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 and, and very true that um, that is an investment in the future that is really helping to to expand and grow. I mean, we part of the consequences of positive growth that we've experienced. Look at all the new businesses that sh- that have popped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the employment that's available for our for our high schoolers. And even when my daughter returned home on summer break from college, uh, uh, just tremendous opportunities that are intended consequences of that growth. And so I, I very mm-hmm. much do look forward to how that'll happen. Uh, and of course, with the equity that really the board and the superintendent with the architects, with the construction experts have made sure that that older buildings will be upfit. It won't be that one school has more of this over the other. Uh, There is an equity component that's really been carefully discussed. And sure, we can talk about uh, can we trim costs here or there? Uh, And and, and it comes down to really that type of debate. I, I think at the end of the day, no one likes to pay an increase in taxes. I think we all understand that there's reasons to be for this. There are reasons to be against this, uh, but it is very necessary. Yeah. And, and and that's that's just where we're at. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a lot to think about. I mean, what, we got 19 days? <laughs> we we do right? so we, we we do and yeah and you know what's interesting too and thank you for bringing that up we we really have tried to inform people well about this um the reason for the special election again timing we the bond market is is incredibly uh advantageous for us to get out and and, and try to sell the bond at this point and so when you think about the the choice of the date and I know some people are mad. They want to get down to their tailgating for the game or games. <laughs> right. But listen, you can do early voting. You can go down to the, the York County District Office and you can cast your vote early. Uh, you can ask for an absentee ballot as long as it is marked and received by the Friday the 17th into the office. And of course, you'll go to your, your normal polling station. Uh, I did see some people asking if residents um, outside of of clover proper uh could vote yes this is uh this is not just a uh, a clover uh only voting everybody in the district uh has that opportunity and uh again if anybody has any questions about how to do that we're here as a resource as as is the uh the york county uh, assessors and uh, voting office yeah i think it's, it's good to note too because i anybody that i've talked to you know whether it be on the school board or whether it be you or whether it be anybody nobody has ever you know they've been very very clear and, and said repeatedly just reach out you know talk just like you saying talk to your tax assessor there's nothing to hide Go talk to them. Ask Absolutely. Them. Find out. Uh, Jeff, well, I appreciate it, man. You know, I hope it kind of clears some things up. 
um, for, for people that had a, you know, are kind of, kind of like me in the middle. I don't think I'm so much in the middle anymore. Um, but, but, you know, just people just need to know, man, they just need to know. Do you got anything else you want to ask? They, you know what they do need to know. And, and, and what I would tell you is, is again, this, uh, we hope to maybe, uh, fan out into the community. Come see us. Whether you're for or against or on the fence, let's have a conversation and we will post on our site uh, where those opportunities exist, number one. Number two, uh, we have offered uh, at any point to meet with one-on-one, to meet with groups. Uh, Anybody just wants to sit down and over a cup of coffee, just go over these things. We are happy to do so. You can reach right out by way of our contact page on the Clover or or on the VoteYesCSD.com site or through our social media account. And Brad, to you, thank you for actually being uh, allowing us to present both sides together. Of course. And to just have a, a, a good fact-based discussion. It's uh, It was refreshing, and I really appreciate the time. Not a problem. I appreciate your time. I hope everybody uses you know the, the time that they have left before voting to, to kind of answer their questions if we didn't do it here. Fantastic. Hey, have a good night, man. I appreciate it. Uh, if I need to reach out to you, I might do it. Thank you so much. Please do, and have a wonderful evening. Hey, you too, Jeff. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Bye. All right. Yeah, that was a little technical difficulty on the phone there. As soon as I hung up, it's just like if I got my headphones on, the music's going to start. Um, so, I mean, that's where we're at. I, I'm not going to tell you one way or the other the way I'm voting. Well, yeah, I will. I think I'm, I'm probably going to vote for it. Uh, I'm actually heavily leaning that way. I think it just comes to, uh, for me, um, where do I want to invest? I, I waste more money on dumb stuff than I do something like this. So, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm into investing in, into the schools for, for me, uh, specifically. I, I wouldn't, I know we need it. Um, not everybody feels the same way I do and, you know, they have that right. Um, we've heard from two different sides. We probably didn't answer all your questions, but I'm, man, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just leaning. I'm, I'm, I think I'm leaning, leaning towards it. Uh, listen to what, uh, what Jeff has to say, listen, go back and listen to what Lisa had to say. Um, we need the school. We need the room. Uh, we need to, we need to, we need to make Clover and continue to make Clover the best school district in the state, which I feel like it is now. I have the utmost, uh, respect and I support Dr. Quinn, um, known her for years. Uh, I think she's a fantastic leader, probably if not one of, one of, if not the best superintendent in the state of South Carolina. Very, very thoughtful, um, very caring, and has always been that way since I've known her. Uh, well, I guess that's it. Sorry to blast your ears on that music thing. I'm still getting the hang of this new uh, mixer. Um, I guess that's it for the school board bond or school board or school bond referendum for Clover. Episode two of two. And, uh, I don't know. Next time, next next show will be me and me and Bars. Bars and the Beard will be back together. Uh, we're gonna talk some Afghanistan, Kabul stuff, some Kabul sh- stuff, and uh, kind of get back into the swing of things. But I just felt like, you know, I had questions. People have questions, and I wanted to try to answer them. And that's it. So I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Hospitality Heat and Air. 
Gene and Lisa Lucas, appreciate it. Wouldn't wouldn't be able to do it without you. Uh, Haven Miller State Farm again. Thanks for your support. Uh, she's just as helpful as hospitality's been uh, for continued support. Spikes, fresh pigskins, and peanuts. Uh, Sign technique. Old TJ over there. Still looking for sponsors, so I mean, as long as they they kind of align and understand it. Uh, we're going to say what we want to say, and y'all are cool with that, and come on and sponsor. Reach out to me or reach out to Tony, Tony Breeden, and uh, we'll find some opportunities for you. Outside of that, we'll see you next time. Tony will be back. Let's go. Have a good night.